0: You're listening to episode number 23 of the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Before I dive into today's guest and today's interview, which guys is so good, I wanted to read the review of the week. This is from Angela Rose and she said, Lindsay and Evie are incredible. I've only listened to four episodes and as a brand new creative business, non-photographer owner, (laughs) everything Evie and Lindsay talk about has been spot on, from addressing the ups and downs of business to showing empathy to the listeners going through growing pains. Their conversations and topics have put my mind at ease and helped me be less overwhelmed and more motivated and inspired. I don't know why I've waited so long to listen to the podcast. Thank you, Lindsay and Evie. You have helped me, a stranger, more than you could ever know. Angela, thank you so freaking much. You are incredible. And guys, if you haven't left us a review and you're listening to the show right now, press pause. I know I'm telling you to stop listening to our show, but press pause and go take two seconds out of your day to leave us a review. It helps us so much. I know I've said that over and over again, so I won't just hammer on that, but it really does help and impact us in creating free content for you and continuing to show up on this podcast for you guys. So I'm going to dive into introing our special guest today. I'm so excited about this, guys. Paige, Paige Griffith, is the founder of The Legal Page, a virtual law firm working with online businesses and wedding industry professionals. She is a certified jurist doctor and holds a double BA in economics and political science. After working as a federal law clerk, Paige traded in the traditional law life for a virtual one and opened the doors to The Legal Page in 2018. She helps her clients run legal and protected businesses and counsels them on issues related to contracts, intellectual property, privacy, and business law. She's worked with Jasmine Starr, Hope Taylor, Hustle & Flow, Davy & Krista, Livy Rothschild, with Dietitian Boss, and so many more, guys. Her mission is to create an online space where the law isn't so scary and entrepreneurs can get legally legit in no time. Law aside, Paige is a small-town Montana girl who loves hiking, her dog's sugar, and a good glass of red wine. <laughs> Me too, Paige. Anyways, in today's episode, guys, Paige breaks down every single thing you will ever need to know about the legal side of your business. If you have ever struggled with knowing where to start with registering your business, what the heck a sole proprietor, DBA, LLC, or S-Corp even are, and contracts overwhelm you, shut up and listen. Paige goes over how and when to set up the legal side of your business in a legalities for dummies type of way that is so easy to understand and will make you feel so capable of tackling that monster called the legal side of business. Woo! Honestly, guys, I wish Paige had been in my corner or in your case, in my earbuds, when I first started my business, guys. This woman is genius, and this episode is about to rock your world in all the best ways. I'll shut up now, and let's get Legally Legit. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle Podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, to photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of The Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, cause here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay.
1: All right, Paige. Welcome to the Heart and Hustle Podcast. We are friggin' stoked out of our minds that you are here with us. Well, thank you both for having me.
2: The feeling is mutual. I am honored and humbled to be here.
1: Oh my gosh, like I cannot wait for just all of your just wisdom to be poured out to us, honestly, and then all of our listeners. <laughs> Um, for everyone. I just, I think it's so beautiful that you have a background with photography and kind of the wedding industry, but then also the legal side, which honestly, that is the number one question that me and Evie get asked. Maybe, maybe not number one, but like a huge question that we get asked all the time is, how do you do the legal side? How do you do the legal side? And so I know that today's episode, just everyone's going to love you the heck. Oh, I don't know what the end <laughs> of going to be, but they're just going to love you so much. So Cannot wait to dive in. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. Perfect. Well, to start off, Paige, I would love for you to just tell us your story in general. Like, how did you get to where you are today?
2: Yeah. So, my background with kind of the photography world, entrepreneur world, and of course, legal world is a bit unconventional. So, I started my photography business about seven, eight years ago. And I was just going into my first year of law school. And I, went to school actually out in like the Seattle Tacoma area. I'm from Montana originally. So I went to like undergrad out there. I came back to Montana for law school and this is where I'm from. And I knew that when I was like reading and writing and doing academia all day long that I wanted a creative outlet. I've always loved doing creative things like scrapbooking and I was always really interested in photography. And so I was like, you know what? Let's do it right when I start law school. So oh I decided <laughs> So I decided to start kind of you know, photography just on the side. And I, you know, started shooting friends and family and it was in my hometown that I grew up in. So I knew a lot of people. It's a smaller community here in Montana and in my hometown. And so it was a little bit easier to kind of get my business up and running. And once I did, I just started loving being a business owner and the entrepreneur world. And so I really built it up over my three years of law school And during law school, I got uh, an offer to be a federal clerk for a federal judge, which is just like one of those things that you vie for so hard in law school. Like academia was my life, you know, from like high school to college to law school. It was like, get good grades, like get the best job, like do the, you know, ride the train that you're supposed to ride. And so I did. And I, of course, accepted that offer because it was kind of this dream job that you get after law school. But at that same time period, my business was kind of exploding. And so I was working like 20 to 30 weddings a year while having a full-time federal clerkship. Wow. wow. <laughs> and it was like insanity. I will say that. That's why I tell people like, it was really unconventional what I did. Uh, but it really, really, led me to creating, of course, the legal page and just my entire background and how unique it is Uh, as an attorney for online businesses. So after my clerkship, I really had the option to go into the traditional law life as an associate for a law firm, you know, where you work way too many hours (laughs) in hopes to become a partner one day. And that's usually five to 10 years down the line. But I just didn't feel like that was the right fit for me. And then after being in the wedding industry and photography industry and going to conferences and being in online groups for many years, I really saw this huge gap and need for easy to find easy to understand legal education and information which led me to founding the legal page and I've you guys I just founded it in September 2018 if you can believe it so it's been like a year and a half uh so
0: yeah that's like the
2: background and story of you know me as a photographer but from the legal page and where it came from
0: Oh, wow. my gosh. Girl, you are just taking off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I i mean, I put
2: a lot of hard work into oh, it, but I'm yeah. just so passionate about helping others. And, you know, that's why a lot of us go to law school. Um, you really have to have a heart for helping others and that we just do it from, of course, a legal standpoint. And I just I I really, really feel like there was, you know, there's a few platforms out there, but just, you know, having a podcast and giving free articles and blogs out to people and being kind of a source of truth or source of information for people was really important to me. And Mm -hmm. so I've just been trying to like put my feelers out everywhere in various industries and the legal page has gone from like just helping primarily photographers to like influencers, bloggers, nutritionists, dietitians,
0: uh, just reseller community like it's crazy how big it's getting. That's amazing. You have so much to offer and your expertise especially just knowing both sides of both worlds is so necessary in the industry. Like you said, there is such a gap in that area that you have just stepped in and filled so expertly and it's so fun to watch.
2: Well, thanks. Yeah, that's like the biggest thing that I always hear too is You know, you could work with an attorney down the street, but the chances of them like fully understanding the full grasp of the online business that you Mm -hmm. run, let alone like what it takes to market and promote your business on, you know, the on a website, let alone social media. um, You're just never going to get that, and so it's it's good for me with my background to really be able to just be like, "Yep, this is what you need. This is what you need to do." Or Mm -hmm. let me review your contract, and I can. I can see like right away what they're missing or what needs to be included for their specific type of service they provide.
1: Yeah. And there is such a gap in the market for having like both of those backgrounds. So Paige, you fill that so well. Well, thanks, ladies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We love you. In case you can't tell, we're fangirling. (laughs) My heart is
2: very, very (laughs) big right now. So thank you.
0: (laughs) I love that. Well, Paige, I would love to kind of uh, take a couple steps back almost. Uh, You touched on having that clerkship and also like shooting 20 to 30 weddings per year. That's an insane workload on your plate. (laughs) I would love for you to just touch on really fast before we dive into more legalities. Just touch on how the heck you managed to balance both of those things at the same time and do both of them excellently.
2: Yeah, you guys, there's really no secrets here. It's just a lot of hustle. I was really 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 good at time management because I was forced to be. Like we mm-hmm. all I love the saying we all only have the same hours in the day as Beyonce, and that was really it <laughs> was really true. Like I had to make all those hours count. And Mm -hmm. I I outsourced a lot. I learned that lesson really early on that I just didn't have enough hours in the day to do everything. So I needed help. So I got help and uh, you know, private editor and all those type of things. I had assistants like virtual assistants on board. And then, you know, I just slept a little less. (laughs) So
0: (laughs) no secrets, just a lot of hustle. That's amazing. So I love that you're just giving people the truth of like, hey, learn to manage your time and be aware that you can do both if you have another passion or job or whatever. You just have to learn what you can and can't do, outsource, and then just prioritize what you need to work on at certain times. Like, that's what I just took away from what you just said. Do you feel like that's accurate or am I putting words in your <laughs> mouth?
2: No, that's totally accurate. You know, I had a nine to five job and a lot of people tuning in probably also are like that, like what, you're side hustling. And I get that literally. I am. I, I like applaud you. <laughs> I did it for <laughs> so many years. I know what it feels like. And uh, I truly believe like some of the full time entrepreneurs that kind of just hop into it don't have as good of time management as a lot of us do side hustle for a really long Mm -hmm. time. Because, like I said, you're forced to do it. You're forced, you only have like from 5 p.m. till when you go to bed. And then you only have the weekends. And you do learn to say no a little bit easier just because you can't fit everything in. So Mm -hmm. I had like the specific sessions that I would shoot on the weekdays, and then I had my workflow in place. Like people still can't believe that I would like shoot a wedding on Saturday. I'd edit like 150, you know, you know, the uh, sneak peek photos on Sunday. And then we get the blog out Monday. And it was like every week we did that. And people were like, how did you be so consistent? And I was like, well, I had to, I had to go to work on Monday morning.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think that's such a huge takeaway. One for any wedding photographer out there, do that, like set up a like. Post your blog right away, just because that's a genius idea to really get them to love you, and they get sneak peeks and an entire blog right away, which is incredible. But I, I love what you said. It's it's prioritizing that, and then also like you, you have to go to work. And so for anybody out there that has a side hustle or has a full time job, and they're or they're working on their creative passion as a side hustle, that's what I'm trying to say this page i think you can the people can relate to you so well and the advice you're giving is so crucial just because it it almost forces you to be more productive in a way and really streamline your process of getting work done most efficiently. So I love I love that you touched on that.
2: Yeah, I and I love talking about it. So you guys like if anyone's listening and you want to talk about it more, I love continuing that conversation because it was a huge part of kind of how I got started as a photographer and really how I started breathing that same workflow and process into the legal page.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I know that everyone in their mind is just freaking out, waiting for all the legal advice <laughs> from you. So, so let's dive into it. We love that you teach the legal side of business, but you also um, have that understanding and, and background of the creative perspective. So you have both of those perspectives. So we would love to dive in right now into what things everyone needs in order to like be legit when they're first starting a business. So let's walk through this. I'm gonna give you an example. Let's say I want to start a wedding coordinating business business tomorrow. Insert whatever type of creative industry that you want. Um, Say, I want to start that business tomorrow. What is the number one thing I need to do first? Yeah. So,
2: everyone's like really excited to get their Instagram account started and put their website up. And that's really important. But I like to kind of t- take people back to like if you were starting a brick and mortar business in your hometown, like you literally can't open those doors until you have certain things in place and, you know, check marks checked off through your county and through your state. And we just tend to forget that as online business owners and just kind of starting these, you know, entrepreneurial endeavors. And so just start there from that lens. So the first thing that I always tell people to do is either get your business registered or at least register your name in your state. And I'll talk about that in a second. And then the other thing is people forget that even though they are starting a business at home, uh, because, you know, the internet is great now and you can (laughs) start a business from your couch, go, you know, do your thing. But when you do that, it is an at-home business and there are permits and licenses you do have to get from your county to like, have an at-home business. And so you just want to make sure that you properly talk to your county and get those permits and licenses in place. So some people think it really, like you have to just get your business registered Uh, But you can do two different things to do that. So you can officially register your business um, and that would be applying for an LLC or limited liability company through your state. Or you can be a sole proprietorship and people think that, that you register that business and you actually don't do that. It's not a registered business entity. You're just potentially registering your business name if you even want to. And you can do that Of course, through your Secretary of State website as well. And it's like a trade name or a fictitious name or an assumed business name. And that would just be alerting, you know, the everyone and notifying, putting everyone on notice in your home state that that is the name you're using for your business. People call that like a DBA. Um, So a sole proprietor is acting as an arm and extension of you as a person. Uh, And so you use your social security number and you just have like a business name that you're operating under. An LLC is like a completely different business entity bubble. And you don't have to register your business name because you're registering it with your LLC. So those are the two things that I would suggest. Number one, like number one thing, but it's like a two-part test.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. And I think the legal side of stuff can feel so complicated, but understanding there are really like one or two first steps that you take that are just getting you protected and legal and okay. And I know a lot of business owners, correct me if I'm wrong page, but I know a lot of business owners usually start out initially as a sole proprietor just because it's simpler um, to have it be an extension of just who they are and they can have that DBA, that doing business as, um, and they don't have to go through completely registering as an LLC if they're not even sure they're going to last or earn money on it or whatever. And so even that's just even a little bit simpler for some people than going full out on an LLC, right? Oh
2: yeah. And I tell people all the time it's fine to start as a sole proprietor. You guys, I started as a sole proprietor. Yes. And <laughs> it's it's okay to do that. And it's normal. Like there, like you said, there's kind of a process and a trajectory of how your business goes. So be a sole proprietor, kind of get your, you know, business name that you want apply for a trade name or assumed business name if you want to and ensure no one else takes it. But you don't have to do that. But what you do have to do, step 1 is like make sure that you have the proper business license in your county for whatever mm-hmm. type of business that you have. And then either go get your business name registered in your state and you know, there's no like magic number ladies, like people ask me that all the time. How much income do I have to be to be an LLC? Well, it depends, <laughs> and people hate that gray area answer, but it really does. <laughs> it, it really depends, and it's kind of when you start making enough income that it becomes a, a pretty big side hustle for you, and you start having some risks and liabilities, and more clients on board that you want to separate that from you know your person because that's what a sole proprietor is. It's connected to everything, all your personal mm-hmm. assets, everything. Um, so mm-hmm. you'll know when it's time to switch, and usually for people like if I was going to ballpark. It's, it's about a year. Um, sometimes it's six months, but that's when you should probably start thinking about becoming an LLC.
0: That's amazing. So when you're going into the process of actually making your business legit and registering it, whether that's an LLC or going more towards like an S corp or anything like that. So taking a step maybe beyond just registering your name and getting the business license from your state or your County, um, Are you able to do that yourself? Do you need a lawyer? Are there any resources that you would point people towards if they're wanting to do it themselves? Like break down that big scary beast that scares a lot of people. Yeah. So you can definitely register your business yourself um, as a limited
2: liability company. When I say register your business entity, you guys, I always mean register LLC because that's what most everybody listening here is going to be doing. Um, But the one thing I will say is it can get complicated pretty fast. if you attempt to go down like a Googling rabbit hole is what I call it, if you try to figure <laughs> out exactly what you need to do, um, there's just really a lot of information out there. Um, it could be wrong and it's really overwhelming. So if you like try to do it, you go to your, you know, I always tell people like Google, Secretary of State X. Uh, so whatever home state you are, then you go to the secretary of state website. It should be pretty easy to click through. Some of those websites are archaic, but (laughs) just, it should be like business entity and then like register and it should take you to like an online portal. They all should have like now online, you know, abilities to register your business. And what happens is I tell people like, this is the point that you probably need to get a professional on board or you need help from someone to walk you step-by-step through it is when you look at that form. And if you're not, like, very well, like if you're not comfortable or confident with some of those blocks that you know you need to enter in uh, your information and what they mean, that's probably when you need to get a professional. So, um, you can, of course, get a, a lawyer to help you. They should be able to set up your LLC. I know some CPAs do it too. Uh, I have, I actually have a course called Ready, Set, Legal. That's really kind of the step-by-step when you first get started as an online business. It gives a little more hand-holding on what to do, how to do it efficiently, uh, and what legal steps you should take at what time. So I'll make sure that you guys all have a link for that um, if your listeners are interested. But it's really, you guys, if you're a more established business owner who, say, needs a legal audit of your contracts. Abby, you mentioned like moving and designating as an S corporation, Mm -hmm. uh, then it's definitely time to chat with a lawyer or a CPA that specializes in that area. And, I just want people to think about this when they're listening. Uh, I like to think of it like adding a new team member on. Uh, It's not hard for us to justify like outsourcing to a photo editor, uh, having a copywriter, getting a social media manager or virtual assistant or getting a bookkeeper or accountant for that matter because we all have to file taxes every year. So lots of us get accountants. But for some (laughs) reason, people leave lawyer off that list. And Mm -hmm. I don't think it's smart. And I really, really truly believe that you guys should not be like a CLO chief legal officer for all purposes for your business. So when you start becoming a more established business owner, don't leave that type of outsourcing off your list because it will probably come back to bite you in the butt later on. So I just say be proactive, get your legalities in order, and like hire a professional to help.
1: Mm, Paige, that's so good. And I think a lot of the reasons people leave lawyer off that list of independent contractors or people to add to your team because it just scares the crap out of them, honestly. Um, I think we think about lawyer and then we think, oh, this big, big scary thing when it's... But then oftentimes we get ourselves into situations that are sticky and we need that help and we need that foundation of security and knowing that we're legit before, like, blank hits the fan, you know? (laughs) Like, we need to make sure that that's (laughs) happening beforehand.
2: Yeah, and the best part is there are so many more virtual lawyers popping up all the time. So the world is obviously moving to more of an, you know, E industry. And so Mm -hmm. with that happening, I think the lawyer world is going to become a lot more approachable. Um, I think again is probably from (laughs) television and, uh, just everything that's out there in the media that lawyers are there to like clean up messy situations but if we can just kind of switch the thought process on that that they can help you really be proactive with Mm -hmm. getting all of your legalities in order from the get-go it can save you tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of dollars later on if something were to happen because you're not reacting to the situation Mm -hmm. you've got all of those you know steps in place to begin with
0: yeah for sure it also just gives you so much peace of mind knowing mm-hmm. that you're so covered on all sides and that you're doing things right and that you're communicating things well with your clients, with the state, with like everything. I I can't express enough how important my legal team is in my business and how helpful they are just even as a general business counsel for the legal side of my business Um going into them and being like, okay, I want to start this new idea. Can you talk to me about IP laws? Can you talk to me about Mm -hmm. this? Can you talk to me like, what do I need to do to set myself up like well and protected? And I think those are questions that business owners have, but they, we, I personally, when I was starting, didn't think to bring on a lawyer or a legal team to help me navigate those questions. And I honestly kind of wish I had, but I I had yeah. that fear of lawyers that they were scary and mean and would you know be condescending to this young 20-year-old who mm-hmm. was running her own business. And I think there are people out there like that. I've experienced them. They are the worst. <laughs> um, but there are also incredible lawyers and accountants and CPAs and people who really love entrepreneurs and small business owners who know it, who can really help set you up for so much success. And Paige, you are just a shining example of that on the podcast today. You're here to help people and you love your job and you love small businesses and lawyers don't have to be scary and they should be on your team as you grow.
1: Does Instagram scare the heck out of you? Feeling like you're always struggling to save time on the good old gram while also creating flawless branded professional content for it? We feel you. We have made a special little something just for you. We created a PDF
0: with our top five apps we use in conjunction with Instagram to create smooth, professional content while saving us time and energy. This is a list compiled after years of using Instagram and searching for all the secret pro tools to make our jobs easier.
1: If you've ever wondered, how the heck did she do this? Or how did she make that? It's probably answered by one of these apps. There are little secret sauce to spicing up your Instagram.
0: We use these apps daily, and they've absolutely changed the game for us. So if you're ready to up-level your Instagram and create pro content with just a few clicks, we got you. Head on over to www.theheartuniversity.com apps, and let's
1: up-level that Instagame. That's A-P-P-S, y'all. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes.
2: Yeah. Thank you. It's, I mean, that's the whole reason that the legal page kind of came into existence is I wanted to break that mindset that people had, you know, the yucky feelings, the shove under Mm -hmm. the rug for another day. Like it's just a, what if it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just a possibility it could happen. And I'm like, no, you guys, it's like, if, And when it's going to happen? Yeah, it's not the if; it's the when. So be prepared. And um, and like I said, I I think the the world is changing a little bit. The law world just doesn't go as fast (laughs) as every other (laughs) industry. Like I'm like, oh, accountants are online. It's easy to find like one that you know will suit your needs well and that you get along with. Doctors, nurses, everybody's starting to go online and virtual.
0: So. So I think the the legal world is getting there just a little bit slower. (laughs) You're spearheading it, and I love that.
2: (laughs) Yes, I'm I'm there at the get-go for everybody.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, Paige, before we move on to the next question, I want, real quick, pretend that the listeners who are listening to this are five. I want you to break it down because I think so many people out there— just hear the words like LLC, S Corp, the sole proprietor, like all these things. And it's so confusing for people who just don't know anything or and aren't in the legal world. So could you break down real fast before we move on the, just the definition of why would you need to register as an LLC when, or why would you need to register as an S Corp or a sole proprietor? I know you touched a little bit on that back earlier, but I would love just to break it down super simply. Yes, I'd love to. Okay, so so
2: sole proprietor, you guys. We're going to start there. Um, And it is under your social security number, which means it's an arm and extension of yourself as a person. There is usually no registration needed, only a trade name, fictitious name, assumed business name that you can register with your state if you don't want someone else to use that business name. You do have to ensure that you get, you know, the proper licenses or permits from your county To be operating a sole proprietorship out of your home. Um, But the one thing that I always tell people is sole proprietorship means personal and business assets are commingled. So the issue with sole proprietorship is there's no liability protection whatsoever. So that transitions well into when you want to get liability protection for your business, an LLC, limited liability company, is what you need to do next. So, you would separate your personal and business assets. I like to think of them as bubbles, right? So, the bubble is kind of together when you're a sole proprietor, and then you like pop and the bubble is split and you have (laughs) (laughs) it's easy for people I'm like breaking it down for you guys I Uh, love it we're like crisscross applesauce here you guys in like a kumbaya circle so that's what we (laughs) need (laughs) (laughs) so a LLC would be one bubble and that control that's all of your business assets and it operates as a separate registered business entity through your state so you definitely have to register with your state it's anywhere from like $70 to $800 Um, I'm sorry if you guys are California. in like California or New York, <laughs> I was just going to say, though, there's some states that are really, really expensive, um, but it's still worth it because I like to yes. think of an LLC as the best insurance you can get for your business. Uh, You do have to pay annual dues usually. Sometimes it's biannual, but usually it's annual dues to keep your LLC active. But again, you have to think of that like an insurance policy for your business. You are ensuring that nothing touches your personal assets as long as you don't commingle funds. So you have to keep things in a separate business account. All of your chuching moments that I call it, income and expenses come in and out of your business bank account. That is linked to your LLC, and uh, then it's really it limits your personal liability for any negligent suits that may come your way. So it's really, really, really good to have. Um, and then finally, if you're like, okay, I'm an LLC, maybe I need to move to an S corp. That's a misnomer. So an S corporation is a tax designation. You still want to be an LLC that is registered in your state as a business entity for liability protection. But an S corp is just designated through the IRS for tax purposes. So you want at this point, you guys, it's uh, I'm going to break it down even more right now.
0: Yes. So say
2: you have, you make a hundred thousand dollars. Yay. You, um, and say that's like the net profit. So remember gross profit is like what you make. So maybe you make 150 and then 50 of that is expenses. Net profit. I like to think about it as like swish. You like put a basketball in the net, like things that go into your pockets. Um, so when you net a hundred thousand dollars as an LLC, that, LLCs and sole proprietors are pass-through taxation entities. So what that means is you're not going to tax you're not getting taxed twice. You're not going to need taxed on your business and then taxed on your personal, you know, income that you report to the IRS. You're right. just getting taxed once. And so when you are an LLC and if you make $100,000 in net profit, you will be taxed for self-employment tax purposes on the entire $100,000. But what you can do is kind of when you get, everyone asks the threshold, again, it's like a threshold question. This is something you want to talk to your CPA about because they will help you figure out what's called a reasonable salary. And you can pay yourself, say, say you're a photographer. That's a really good example. $50,000 is a really good reasonable salary for a photographer. So if you make $100,000 and you pay yourself a reasonable salary of $50,000, you will only have to pay self-employment taxes on the $50,000 as an S corporation, and then you'll just pay regular income taxes on the remainder. So you can save thousands on self-employment taxes every year by doing that. And so again, (laughs) hopefully that was helpful. But again, like just remember you guys, S corp, like isn't a business entity. Everyone like, I don't know why that everyone thinks, (laughs) but it's not like you're still an LLC, but you're like an LLC slash S corp.
0: Oh my gosh, Paige. I am nerding, geeking out, like (laughs) wiggling right now. First of all, I just love this whole topic. Like I could talk about stuff like this all day because I just think it's fun. But then secondly, I'm so excited for the way that you broke that down because that, when I was starting my business, I had to figure this all out on my own. And I thank goodness, had a great CPA and was like, who'd worked with my family for years. And my dad is an entrepreneur and owns his own business. And like, I had people who kind of helped me through some of it. But if I had known that breakdown when I first started, oh my God, gosh, I'm so excited for people to hear that breakdown because that was fire. <laughs> yeah, you you broke it down so well. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, again, like that's
2: why the legal page is what it is. I just feel like there's so much misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. And there's like that really, you know, the guy sitting behind his computer and all these Facebook groups that like spews a bunch of really big legal words at people yeah. <laughs> and like thinks he knows. It. So everyone's like, oh yeah, he knows what he's talking about. But like he's not even a licensed attorney or or a CPA. And, (laughs) you know, or there's like rabbit holes, you go down with different blogs and like, you can just Google something and there's, you know, 50 things you could click Mm -hmm. on. So the one thing I will say, you guys, is just always remember like sole proprietorship, LLC, that's like legal world. S corporation is more tax world. And that's when like a CPA gets involved.
0: I love it. that's so good, Paige. Okay. So shifting into even more like legal side, now that we've kind of established ourselves in the foundation of registering your business and protecting yourself in that sense, what is your best advice to any business owner on the best ways to protect themselves legally, maybe other than registering their business as an S-Corp or, I'm sorry, not an S-Corp, LLC or a sole proprietor? Yeah.
2: Contracts. So uh, this is a pretty easy answer. Like if you're a sole proprietorship and you're not like registering your business, like the one thing you want to have in place before you take a client on board is a contract. <laughs> so that lays out kind of all the rights, roles, and responsibilities for each party um, under the terms of the agreement of working together or producing a service for your client. And so... Just make sure you have your contracts in place, you guys. If you don't, and please try not to piece together your contracts, because that's when I see a lot of sticky situations come up later. Um, so seek out like contract help if you don't know the answer. Um, so lots of people, again, I, I say like googling your life away, and you're gonna like waste your time, kind of trying to piece together something like you didn't go. You guys, you didn't go to law school. It's okay. Lawyers and CP and CPAs went to school for years. To to be professionals and experts at what they do. people come to you, like if, if you're tuning in, people come to you because you're an expert at your craft. So say you're a wedding photographer, you wouldn't want your clients to use their smartphones on their wedding day, right? <laughs> because you're an expert in are trained Grinch. and have the experience and can capture, you know, your client's day way better and give them the most amazing images to last their mm-hmm. lifetime. Um, but why would you do that then with like the legal back end of your business uh, and be all willy nilly? It's really good to get an expert to help. And especially with contracts, because, you know, I can't begin to tell you how many inquiries I get in my inbox every single day regarding issues related to their contracts. And the uh. contracts and the sticky situations that come up with contracts, and it's usually kind of miscommunication. Um, but if you communicate all of that and outline it in your contract, then the miscommunication doesn't occur later on. And those then start implicating business assets and LLC comes into play. So, kind of, contracts. Contracts are at the core of everything.
1: Mm. Okay, I have a follow up question from that then. Would you recommend hiring a lawyer to create a custom contract for you as a business owner? Or would, because I know there's a lot of shops out there that sell contract packs, mm-hmm. what would you recommend a business owner do?
2: Yeah, so the one thing I would say is be really cautious of buying contracts from people who aren't attorneys. <laughs> so there are a few like professionals and you know educators and in industries that sell like their contracts, but they're not an attorney. So I would just be really leery of that and cautious. It kind of like sets them up for some liability and risk involved um and be cautious of like you know, getting a, a contract from your friend in the industry um, because they may not have, like you like you asked here, they may not have the clauses that you need in your contract. Um, but I actually firmly believe in template contracts when you're first getting started because it's way easier to access to get Good legal clauses. Um, yeah. Lots of people don't have thousands of dollars to spend. Um, you know, in terms of setting up their business legally and professionally, making sure their contracts are all squared away when they're just starting out their business. But you know, less than five hundred dollars to get a really good contract that you're going to use for probably fifty plus different clients. And then um, after, you know, wh- when I say kind of the time, the the range for reviewing your contract should be every year. I say about every 12 months, you want to make sure you sit down and kind of look at your contract. And you are going to have client experiences and situations that have come up in your business in those 12 months. Are those addressed in your contract? Do you need to modify or amend it, add in clauses? Do you need to really like clarify some clauses that clients have had issue with? That's probably the point at which you should just have someone, a lawyer, review your contract and create more of a custom contract. And then again, for people who have kind of more very specific service offerings, you'll know when it's time to have someone draft up a custom contract for you. But I always tell people template contracts are great to start. Just make sure you're getting it from a reputable legal source.
1: Mm, That's so good. (laughs) My next question is is there any advice you have for setting your business up for success for tax season? I know tax season is another huge thing that scares so many entrepreneurs. Yeah,
2: so hire a really good bookkeeper. <laughs> like
1: it's, that's a mic my
0: <laughs> Mic drop. Uh,
2: I yeah, you guys, you can D you can DM me on Instagram. You can just try to contact me. I have a list of really good um and you ladies, I'm happy to give you the list as well, like good bookkeepers. I'm sure you guys have some recs as well. Um, you guys don't be afraid to ask for help. Like if you're like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm getting leery about tax season. This year has been a mess. Um, I just get a bookkeeper. It's like a hundred, you know, two hundred dollars a month when you're first starting out, and you don't have a lot of like crazy expenses. Um, and it will save you hours, days, mm-hmm. weeks at the yes. end of every year. <laughs> and it will allow you. Of I always tell people this too. Like it will allow you to see your profit loss statements monthly, so you yep. can budget properly. You can be a better business owner. You can wear that CEO hat. You can make more money right now just by hiring a bookkeeper. bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. People don't realize like the ROI on that is huge yes. when you have someone yeah. else doing your numbers um, because then you can see the numbers. They can talk you through it. And bookkeepers really help you kind of look mm-hmm. at, okay, well, where should you focus on more? Like where, where is all the income coming from? Where should you expend less? Uh, so I wish I would have gotten a bookkeeper sooner in my business. And if I could tell anyone to, like do something for a tax season I, and their money money mindset in general, just get a bookkeeper. Same. I think that goes
1: so so along with the the mindset of outsourcing. Um, you can technically do everything in your business, yeah. should you maybe not like think about think about the time that you're spending like trying to crunch the numbers and doing all that that you're just wasting when you yes it's money to hire somebody but this is where just like my whole advocacy for outsourcing comes into play because it's if you if there's someone that can do it better than me then I would much rather spend money on hiring that person to do it for me and have my zone of genius actually spent doing what I'm most passionate about and what I'm most skilled at, which is not bookkeeping for me personally.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I th- I think the other thing that goes along with that is throughout the year before I hired a bookkeeper, which I truly, so I agree with you, Paige. I wish I had done that so much sooner in my business. Um, I always had this like looming, like monster like shadow over my head of tax season. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be a pain. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be Mm -hmm. days and weeks. And even now, you know, we're approaching tax season now when we're recording this, and I'm just seeing business owner after business owner, student after student posting and being like, ah, coming out of my tax prep cave or something. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, you you realize You can outsource that. It's not that expensive. And the time, the stress, the the mental space, as well as the energy that that is going to save you is so important. And you can put your time and energy towards what's making you money. And guaranteed, prepping for tax season is not making you money unless you are a CPA. (laughs) (laughs) No,
2: seriously. Like, that's guaranteed. You're not making money if you're doing your own taxes. (laughs) Um, But I would also like... Just on the legal side of things, too. I think people really miss stuff when Mm -hmm. they're doing their own taxes, and they miss things throughout the year, like reconciling bank accounts. And Mm -hmm. from a legal standpoint, to set yourself up for success for tax season, like make sure you have a business bank account, even if you're a sole proprietor. All those touching moments need to go in and out and of your bank, you know, business bank account, and you need to reconcile any, you know, any transactions that are somehow tied to like a personal credit card or your personal bank account or your personal Amazon account, everybody. Um, so those type of things, your bookkeeper will catch Mm -hmm. and they'll catch them early on and you'll be set up for tax season success so that you don't have an audit. And the one thing people forget is when you get audited, you don't hire a CPA, you hire a tax lawyer. So there that's kind of a misnomer too in the industry is people are like, my CPA is God and like I have to do everything that my CPA says. That's true. Um, but there's some risks and liabilities legal-wise that you also need to be prepared for with, you know, keeping your books clean.
1: Mm.
0: Wow. <laughs> man, you are just dropping fire today, Paige. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I get really jazzed
2: about this too, you
0: guys. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, I want to hear just since you just on a fire rant, fire, I don't know, you're just killing it today. I would love to hear overall in all of your years of business in law school as running, you know, the legal page, everything, what do you feel has been one of your biggest lessons that you've learned in all these years of business? My biggest advice to people is to continue educating yourself. Like, Go to
2: conferences, go to workshops, seek out help when you need it from a certain professional, like find colleagues or industry friends that know the answer to your question. Don't just like sit and ruminate and like, you know, feel you you get in like the social media, you know, scrolling role, and then you start feeling bad and you don't know what the answer is. And then you get overwhelmed, like the overwhelm sets in. And so I always tell people like, continue educating yourself, become a better business owner and, you know, Really, really work to ensure that you're doing everything possible uh, to, to protect yourself and make sure that the livelihood of your business stays for many, many months and many, many years. Oh, that's so mm, I good.
1: reiterate that 1000% <laughs> could not have said it better. Um, that actually leads me perfectly into the next question for you, Paige. You've mentioned them sprinkled throughout this interview, but do you have any resources available for our listeners to help them get an even better handle on just all things legal in their business? Yeah. So
2: everyone listening in we're, we've kind of gone through a lot today. And so I like to put everything in kind of checklist form because I think it's easy. Like you get to do something and, you know, have a little check Mark. Um, So I have a free download just for all of your guys' listeners. Uh, It's a 10-step checklist to getting your business legally legit today. It includes lots of the things we talked about, but kind of the step in the process to do so. Um, And then I will also make sure that I give you guys the link to the Ready, Set, Legal course if anyone's like, yeah, I just, I need your help. Like, handhold me through everything.
1: Perfect. Well, and we can include all of that in our show notes too. Perfect. Yeah. I'm excited for you guys to check out that list. I love that, Paige. You have
0: so much to offer. You are so brilliant at what you do and your heart is just so pure and wonderful in your desire to serve people and help cover their butts. (laughs) And I love that about you. For people who are just as obsessed with you as we are, where can everyone find you if they just want to follow along, learn from you, be a part of your journey?
2: Yeah, so I'm the legal page everywhere, and it's P-A-I-G-E because my first name is Paige, so it's a play on words. Yes, <laughs> that is trademarked, you it's guys the all. best
1: the best pun. <laughs>
2: I love ever. Um, yeah, someone helped me come up with that in a mastermind that I was in like at the beginning of 2018 and I was like, yes, that's such a good business name. <laughs> and then they were like, trademark it and I like got <laughs> and trademarked it. So uh, you can find me, The Legal Page, on Instagram, Legal Page on Facebook, LegalPage.com. It's pretty easy to find me if you type that in somewhere. Oh man, well, that's
1: amazing. Thank you so much Paige for being here, just shedding truth and wisdom with our listeners. I know everyone is going to freak out about this episode. Um, you just, you dropped so many value bombs and I'm I'm so excited for people to listen
2: well thank you guys so much like I said I'm honored to be here and it was so wonderful chatting with you and I hope everyone heard like learned a bunch from listening in